This is a Sound Rebel podcast. Discover more of our shows at soundrebel.co.uk. What's going on, people? Yes, it's another episode of Give Me Some Good News. How you guys doing? Welcome back and welcome for the first-time listeners. Um, I'm Nathan Caton, one of your hosts. Uh, this podcast, it's, it's all about positivity, man, all about positive vibes, you know, keeping you in a, in a good, positive mindset, putting a smile on your face in these, these very weird, uncertain times. But forget about the news, okay? It's a, this podcast is all about, you know, good vibes. Um, Nathan Caton, that's me. I'm joined, as ever, by a very talented co-host, Rich Wolfenden, how's it going, mate? Yes, mate. Very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm cool, man. I'm. I'm. I'm cool. I'm chilling. I had. A, I had. You know, I had a very uh, weird realization. Right? I, I realized I'm getting old. I was meant to go to to the supermarket, but I didn't want to go because I didn't want to lose my parking space on my street. Oh no! Ah, <laughs> uh, so you park right on the road? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because parking in, in my area is, is a pain in the ass. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'd rather walk for like half an hour than lose my parking space. <laughs> I'm so old and bitter and petty with my neighbours now. Oh my God. Is it, do you have one of those neighbours who gets furious if you park outside their house and don't leave the space for them to park, even though it's a public space and it's an open road? That's me, buff. That's you? <laughs> <laughs> I am that person. Like someone What's he doing? Parking outside my living room again? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. If, if, I've, if I've gone somewhere and then I come back and my space is gone, like, who the, which prick... They're going to park there in a public <laughs> space where they're allowed to park, the selfish bastards. I mean, I'm so bitter and old now. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. It's going to be, the next one's going to be like when a house, like four doors down, gets an extension or something. You're going to go to everybody who comes to your house. God, isn't that an eyesore? Isn't that an absolute <laughs> eyesore? Ah, <laughs> uh, mate, just, I'm going to be one of those guys. I'm going to be such a Grinch by the time like, I'm 50. <laughs> Anyway, keep it positive, man. Uh, how, how are you? Are you good? Yeah, mate, all good. Got a new phone today, which is good. Look at look at that. Got, I've, I've, this is the first time I've ever got the the latest like phone. Like I usually get a phone which has been like out for a couple of years, but this only mm. came out last year. So Was iPhone 12? twelve mini. Yeah, Ooh, look at you, it's big spender. Right, yeah. And uh, well, I've I've been screaming at it all morning because I've been trying to transfer my contacts over from my old phone and. I honestly spent about three hours trying to get my contacts over and haven't been able to do so. So I need a good chat to cheer me up and relieve, <laughs> uh, relieve the stress levels, please. So. No, we will do that. We, we have a great guest to do so. A uh, very funny comedian who I've had a pleasure of working with uh, on a few occasions now. I think the last time we get together, it was, um, uh, I think, like a, a members club in Oxford, in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was a very fancy place. Like They had like a, their own like swimming pool outside. But... I'll let our guests uh, tell us more about that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Kelly Beaton. How's it going? It's going, well, when people ask that at the moment, are we actually supposed to tell the truth? Or are we supposed to go, yes, good, thanks. Everything's good. <laughs> we, um, it was Soho House, Nathan. We were at um, Soho <laughs> Farmhouse. And I was honestly thinking that is the best thing that's happened to me in months. Uh, not seeing you, although that was lovely. But just, can you believe that only a few months ago, we were somewhere <laughs> doing something with other people and, and we had all yeah. that free, luxurious shit all day didn't we we didn't have to pay for anything it was a good day yeah i i remember i got there and um i, I was like in a, in a little private lounge watching the football on the big screen and I, I had like a few rum and cokes i was like 
oh, this is amazing. Can I gig here every time? We were so excited well, because as comedians, it's been such a weird year that for us to be anywhere, getting paid and given free stuff. And it was like a really nice, easy gig as well. It was like, oh my, and ever since then, Nathan, it's been all downhill, if I'm honest. So, you know, that was a high point. So I know today <laughs> will be another high point because it's you, it's me, it's Rich. We're all good. Hey, good. I, I, I like your mindset, man. I like is, um, is, is um, Soho House the... Um that thing you went to the one linked to actual Soho House as in like the members club in well Soho yeah it's the same thing because they have Shoreditch House and Soho I only know this from the mm. days when I had a real job and um <laughs> and yeah and so it's part of that but it's um I don't know if you felt the same Nathan because we've also had such a weird year when I first got there and everyone was like there were the families that were really kind of well dressed and kids in designer clothes and I felt real fury I was like how dare you all have money and lives and privilege <laughs> and I sat there really kind of grumpy for the first hour till I realized I was getting that free shit today too. so <laughs> it was like how the other half lives so yeah it's the same Soho house yeah yeah wow. it's proper fancy like there were the kind of people who were like you looked at me for you guys probably don't even know that there's a lockdown, do you? Like, there's a pandemic. Life is just good. <laughs> yeah, they did. Even their masks had the air of freedom. They were like, we can, we can get air through our masks. We just pay money for real oxygen. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. And the kids, definitely, the kids in that place had more money than we had, for sure. But, hey, it was good times. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good 20 minutes on stage. It was, it was. I was emceeing and you had the, it was, one, it was one of those nights where I think emceeing in lockdown is easier than trying to be a normal comedian isn't it because like you just you just chat and everyone's just pleased to chat with someone they don't live with whereas when you're a comic you actually got to be you had to tell jokes uh but you did very well as i remember so yeah well done us smash out of park man um how's how's your lockdown and life been apart from that gig you've been you've been good it's been kind of so weird for me because I've got um, when you I thought I'd landed in an episode of Seinfeld when you guys were just going on about parking spaces. Uh, so that was, uh, <laughs> that was a bit surreal. But you, <laughs> you were talking about feeling old, and my kids, as you know, Nathan, are sort of um, they're pretty much grown up now, and it's been really weird for me because one of my kids is um, is autistic. He's an autistic zookeeper. You don't get many guests who've got one of them, right? I think I'm a first <laughs> for you. <laughs> Good, like to be unique. And he lost his job because obviously all the zoos shut down at the start of lockdown. So um, that was really sad to watch him go through that. Um, And then obviously as an autistic kid, he was really happy to have enforced lack of social contact. He's like, this is amazing. (laughs) Government's told me to just play Dungeons and Dragons and stay in my room. So so that was, um, so it was kind of hard watching the impact it had on him. And then my other one, my younger one um, lives in Amsterdam and she just got stuck over there for like months. So I couldn't see her. Um, and now she's come back for a bit and now she's stuck over here because she's worried if she goes back to Amsterdam they're not going to let her back in because of um, all the, there's a lot of animosity between the Dutch and the British at the moment and uh, you may have noticed the Dutch are being a bit pass ag over the whole Brexit thing so, um, so at the moment she's stuck here um, so yeah it's, it's been kind of weird for me I've been so distracted by family sagas that um, I've, it's, it's taken the pain away of, of what the comedy circuit's like at the moment but it has, I mean I can't believe it's been nearly a year now I think um I think we're all fairly sick of it aren't we I know it's not we're not to talk about the bad stuff but we do need some happy distractions at this point we we do indeed we do indeed um and I'm well 
hoping your story is going to put a smile on my face. I know Rich said before we started that he, he needs he needs cheering up. No, <laughs> cre- you guys laid on the pressure. Don't you? You, you have like a curmudgeonly conversation about you can't use your iPhone and you can't find a parking <laughs> space and you get some other poor bugger on to make it upbeat. <laughs> yeah, what's this fine, by the way? Look, I've got this. I know this is, um. what's that one? Is that a good one? I just thought because it's a podcast, we'll just show things that no one listening can see. And that's going to really, it's going to really translate well for people. <laughs> um, Callie, please, will you share with us your, your first good news story, please? Well, I know that um, we're not trying to think too much about the news because, um, I, you know, I used to be a real kind of news addict. And like most people, I've stopped looking much at the news this year. But I can't really be on the podcast this week. I don't know when you're releasing it. But this is the week that we said bye-bye to Trump and hello (laughs) to Biden-Harris. And I have to say, it actually made me cry watching that. I was with my kids watching it and it just felt like I'm sure the whole world felt pretty much the same. But Mm. just I remember how I felt when the Obamas first uh, came in. I remember really clearly where I was when they started their first term. I remember really clearly where I was when Donald Trump got in. And at the time, I was still working for um, for Viacom, big American studio. So I was splitting my time between the UK and the US. And I managed to do the um, Trump inauguration protest in London and then fly straight over and do the one in Washington. <laughs> so I got like 24 hours wear out of my pussy hat and did a lot of voting with my feet. And I remember the atmosphere in Washington. Um, I was there for about three, four days after the inauguration, after the march. I stayed on and it was just like everywhere you went every barista every taxi driver every bellboy everyone was so pissed off at what had happened I didn't find a person who was pro-Trump then and it felt like a proper doom and gloom scenario so four years on in such a weird time in the world I, I don't know how you guys felt but I just thought we've actually got hope dignity unity i loved seeing kamala harris get sworn in i thought that was such an awesome moment for women so yeah. i just uh, yeah on every level that totally gave me a shot in the arm this week yeah yeah, yeah you've you echoed i think you've echoed a lot of people's uh, thoughts and sentiments there um yeah it felt like like there's the light at the end of the tunnel now you know slowly slowly getting there and it was also so gratifying to see like even with flags instead of people it looked better populated than trump's inauguration so i was like that is so cool (laughs) so the flags are doing a better job of looking enthusiastic and i love the fact he got proper talent to perform you know that they had you know j-lo and and lady gaga as opposed to um whoever trump had that we've already forgotten so and i love the (laughs) fact that michelle obama was looking so fly and bernie Sanders was looking like he was waiting for a bus. I just thought it just had. Oh, have you seen the amount of memes that's popped up oh, now? Poor, poor Bernie. <laughs> he's tried so hard to become president or running candidate, and oh, he's, all he's achieved is becoming a meme for eight years. What was your favourite meme that you've seen? What's your favourite Bernie uh, inauguration oh, meme? I saw Ooh. one. Um, do you know uh, the scene in Ghost where Demi Moore's making a clay pot? <laughs> Bernie Sanders sat behind in his mittens. <laughs> <laughs> mold in the clay pot. That was like I saw that one this morning. It made me laugh out loud. The other one I like, which is not a very topical reference, but anyone who remembers the nineties as ninety, there's a really good. Have you seen the blind date one with Scylla standing behind Bernie? And oh, then he's, 
three, he's looking oh, for love. But the funny thing about Bernie is, like, you think of him as kind of like a Jeremy Corbyn type figure, you know, making his own gooseberry jam and, you know, having a cob on. <laughs> but actually, he's, he's a multi-billionaire. And I'm like, why are you turning up looking like, you know, you've lost your carrier bag around the back of Lidl when you're actually <laughs> one of the richest people in the States? So, no, I loved all that. I thought it was really, really awesome. And also the fact that he then actually went and reversed so many of Trump's, um, you know, bills. And imagine kids aren't going to be locked up in cages anymore. Who knew? Yeah, I know. It's going to be so nice. Did you see Did you see the actual footage of him signing the bills? It was literally like some fellas walked into his office on like, uh, or some teachers walked into their classroom on Monday morning and there's like a stack of homework he has to mark. That's basically what Biden <laughs> done. He just got one, put it on the desk, signed it put it to the left, got another one and just worked his way through these executive orders. Mm. So great to watch. Yeah, it was so lovely. And also compared to, you know, Trump doing everything with like, you know, real unnecessary ceremony and holding up books. And it was just mm. great. It was just a matter of fact, we're off to work now. Did you hear that it only took, they said that um, the deep clean of the White House, they only had five hours to turn it around. Like, you know, like when you leave a hotel room, they say you've got to be out by 11 because we need yeah. the room by four. And they, mm. I tell you what, I have checked out of travel lodges, giving them more time to do my room than those guys needed to do the whole White House. <laughs> so I, I just love the idea of those cleaners having to get rid of all that crap and the chicken nuggets and change the, you know, throw the mattresses out, get new stuff in. So, um, yeah, I love the fact they'd done a makeover of the Oval Office by the time he got in. But it was such an awesome, because well, it was only a week after the kind of riots, wasn't it? And to watch the ch- yeah. to watch the change, it did feel, it felt um, really meaningful, actually. Yeah, so I did, um, I did feel, I did shed a few little tears that day. Did you, did it make you guys melt your curmudgeonly exteriors? Did you have a bit of a... <laughs> It was it was it was emotional. It was when um, Kamala Harris got up to, to take her inauguration. You could see how like much it meant to her, and she knew like how much of a moment in history that was. Her mm-hmm. stepping up to it, and you could see she was like smiling, but trying to just control every bit of emotion that was going through her body at that time. So it was such a significant moment, and that was like really moving to see like uh, the Obamas and like the Clintons over the shoulder and that sort of thing, just smiling proud seeing what's happening in front of them it was amazing and that massive bible what did you think about the size of the biden bible is that what it was it was a bible it was a bible and, oh. and, you, and you use your own bible so you get sworn in on the i don't know all this stuff because i worked in the states for so long but yeah you get sworn in on the bible and you bring your own copy of the bible which for some of us might be a challenge but anyway the biden <laughs> they're god-fearing folk and this is the biden family bible so and they've all passed it from generation to generation there's a really interesting um stephen colbert did the first interview with the Bidens. Um, he does the Late Show over in the States, as you probably know. And his interview with them, the first one after they were um, elected, is it's really interesting. But yeah, that is the family Bible, apparently. And they've kind of got all the kind of important dates and names and stuff of the whole Biden family. So yeah, they had to bring that massive green Bible out. So I, I thought that was interesting watching, you know, someone who's probably a pensioner, I guess, right? Jill Biden. I mean, I know she's still a lecturer, but she's of she'd be getting free travel if she was over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching her holding that massive bible as well so yeah i thought it had everything comedy slapstick and a bit of pathos i thought it was uh, and lots of hope i loved it it's just nice to know that we've got someone competent in the white house he, he yeah. sounds presidential when he speaks and also seeing him holding hands with Jill Biden and it actually looking like they're not holding hands through some sort of contractual mandate. <laughs> but, but they, <laughs> they want to hold hands. That was nice too. <laughs> Hi, we're Sound Rebel and we produce this podcast. 
We make loads of podcasts and we want to make yours. Email hello at soundrebel.co.uk to find out more. You forgot the bit about the first free episode. Oh, and tell us you heard this ad and we'll produce your first episode for free. Great. Email hello at soundrebel.co.uk now and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Right, back to the episode. You said you had another story that you'd like to share with us, Kelly. Um, what is that? Well, this is a little bit less significant on a world level. This isn't going to change the world, but it has um, improved my life. So finally, I got. I, I was. Um, I grew up in the very much the age of vinyl. So when I was a teenager, it was all about vinyl, and I finally got a turntable working again. I've had one that hasn't been working for like fifteen years, and I kept thinking I'm going to sort it out and fix it and do the wiring. And I've just got. A, I just went for a new one, and it's amazing. I got all my vinyl out, and I'm just having the nicest time feeling like feeling like 30 years have been taken off me so yeah it feels oh sweet sweet what 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 tunes are you blasting out then well it's these are very much kind of 80s things so i found um my 12 inches are nothing if not eclectic so um susie and the banshees i used to i was a bit of um what wasn't called an emo back then as you'll know but i was a goth which um anyone who knows what i look like now that's a bit of a leap of imagination but i was <laughs> full i was full goth uh, probably from when i was like 16 to 18 19 and i used to love like the cure and susie and the banshees so um i've been listening to dear susan um i've got the 12 inch of that i also for some reason um, have uh, Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits and I'm not a Dire Straits fan but I do really love that song and I, I think my my first ever boyfriend uh, gave me that I think gave me that 12 inch so I've been listening to that and yeah lots of kind of retro stuff talking heads everything but the girl I have been having the nicest time that's so good I like kind of rediscovered well d- discovered because I was a child of the 90s vinyl and I've kind of built up my own collection. There's just something nice about listening to something on vinyl. It's the kind of like wholesome, warming crackle and interference you get yeah, of playing okay. a vinyl record, which is just so delicious and beautiful. And it can't be replicated on a computer at all. And you don't just fall into listening. You know, like when you're playing stuff on Spotify and you just, you don't, you sort of fall into doing stuff uh, when you're just mucking around and doing it digitally. But with vinyl, it's a commitment. You've got to get something out of the sleeve. You've got to put it on. You can't just, Mm. there's a real proper mindful effort that goes into it. Weirdly, my daughter, who's 20, she and her boyfriend are massive on vinyl. So they've got their his parents' vinyl collections, they've got a whole wall of vinyl in their lounge and they've Gosh. got a turntable. So, um, And so it's been really interesting watching that they obviously are not, they do actually like stuff from the 80s and 90s, but they obviously have a more modern taste. So it's been really, um, I've been watching them sort of, you know, all the stuff they like and they've always wanted to do that on vinyl. So in a way, I feel like I've just caught up with my kid, which is a bit sad. <laughs> are you into vinyl, Nate? I see that so far you've, uh, you've yet to comment on whether you're a vinyl person. I don't have any vinyl, no, but my mum has a collection of vinyl. If I had um, a vinyl player, I would, like, use my mum's vinyl. Like, she's got, like, old school, like, Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston and stuff like that. Um, cool. Which, I, which I'm, in, I'm into old school, like, you know, old school 80s stuff, um, but I don't have a vinyl player. Yeah, mate, you need to get on it, you know. Yeah, and calling it a vinyl player shows that you don't have a vinyl player because some people call it a turntable or a record player. But I'm glad that <laughs> in your world it's a vinyl player. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the correct term? What, what is it? A record player? I would call it. I'm. I am. You know, old school, and I would call it a record player. Uh, what would you call it, Rich? I'd say you're yeah. marginally younger than me. Record. Yeah, I call it a record player. The mad thing. I I did a, a bit of uni on this, but. More money is made now from vinyl sales than digital sales. 
which is crazy. Consi- I mean, nobody downloads an album now and just keeps the physical like MP3 folders in the computer. But obviously, twenty pounds, something like that, for a new album, something if you were to buy a new record. Um, so yeah, there's more money made in the music industry now by vinyl than there is digital downloads, which is kind of crazy how physical sales have started to overtake digital sales once more. They were trying to bring back the cassettes, weren't they? They were think people were saying that they really were, and I've still got all my old cassettes and mixtapes, um, you know, mixtapes that boyfriends made for me or that I made for myself. We used to kind of record stuff off like Top of the Pops and you had to hit play and record <laughs> at the same yeah. time to record it. So I think that, so I'm hoping they'll come back because I've still kept them. But the thing I love about an album on vinyl, so you never listen to everything, right? When you're listening to something digitally, you just fast forward through stuff and you're like, I don't want to... And you kind of have to commit to all the tracks on an album. And it is a really different experience. And it's reminded yeah. me, like, I know these albums inside out because once they were on, obviously you let them run. So, yeah, you, you've got to get with the vinyl player, Nate, and that's what, yeah, you, that's well, you what you're missing. Yeah. Or you could, try and, <laughs> yeah, you could try and revitalize the cassette industry. I mean, it's oh. tough. I mean, I can't listen to... Jamie T, Sticks and Stones, without imagining Zane Lowe talking over the start of it for Radio 1's <laughs> Hottest Records, because that's why I've recorded it on cassette. Yeah, well, I think it's, I mean, we've got time on our hands, right? As comedians between us, we could club together and bring back the cassette. We've got time to work <laughs> yeah. on this project. I've got, my, I've got old records. cassettes as well. I've got old, old tapes, like some, I've got like Jungle Mania Volume 1 from 1994. <laughs> oh man we've got to make this so happen good. this is a, well i suppose you can still buy i mean i don't know can you just still buy a cassette recorder are they still i don't know i've got a cassette in my car yeah but to, to record on too there's, there's probably i've probably oh. got like an old um like cassette radio thing knocking around which you can probably record on too it's probably going to be one in the old radio x studio presumably um i have one question so when you were listening to to uh to, to your old school vinyls right did you uh, dress up old school as well? Did you complete the set? I didn't this time. You know, the, the sad thing is that anything I've got that's cool from the 80s or 90s, my daughter kind of stole ages ago. So when she was like going through secondary school, or, you know, if you wait long enough, everything comes back. And anything nice that I'd kept. So I, I worked for MTV in the um, 90s, for quite a long, quite a lot of the 90s. So I had all this kind of quite cool stuff, like stuff I got from them, stuff I used to wear then. And anything I kept that was remotely worth having, she had all that stuff off me like you know 15 years later when it came back round so anything I have uh, would be now uh, custody my daughter has custody of that so you'd have to ask her and she could dress up in the right way but I got nothing left she stripped me bare one thing I always worry about um, when I become a parent is that my children will have terrible music taste did your children pick up your music taste from your from your records I've got one of each. So my daughter in, and I have really similar music tastes. So now she's back for a few weeks. I love that. So when she has a music on, I love it. And it reminds me of stuff I like. And she introduces me to new stuff I like. I'm trying not to be one of those people who gets a bit older and is like, oh, new music is shit. So, yeah, I think <laughs> – so don't be too worried, Rich. You might be able to influence your kids, your kids that have wow. not been born yet in a yeah. positive way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long way to go on that. As soon as they come out, you just put their headphones on and they can't take them off as a baby you just play music into their ears on the walkman they'll be good or just put like the record player or the stereo like high on a shelf they can't reach exactly just (laughs) boom that shit down on them uh that'll be home education rich style if i did that to my kids my my kids first words would probably be like jamon ow (laughs) (laughs) that's as good a first word as any i'd say (laughs) i I mean that would be incredible (laughs) are you guys broody or something a lot of talk about babies going on (laughs) here are you (laughs) My girlfriend is uh, on it, shall we say. 
Okay, okay. Well, we'll watch this space then. No, don't. Nothing's happening, mate. Nothing's happening. (laughs) Talking about potential children, you're getting angry about your car park space, Nathan. (laughs) You've gone straight to being a grumpy granddad. You don't need to be a dad. Bloody hell. Kelly, it's been been great um, to chat to you. Thanks for coming on. Um, Rich, do you feel in a better mood after our conversation? Absolutely. I'm now going to go and copy all of my old contacts into my new phone, one by one, with a smile on my face. And I'm going to go and look up what the difference is between a record player and a vinyl player. Amazing. amazing. <laughs> Can I do a quick shameless plug of my new podcast, which won't be in competition with yours because it's a bit different, but I'm launching a new podcast called Namaste Motherfuckers, which is uh, coming out. <laughs> it's coming out. It, it's a good name, isn't it? Um, it's coming out in March. I'm just recording the first eight episodes at the moment, and then we're going to put them out one week after another. So it's a, it's like comedy meets work meets self-help. So, yeah. That's something nice. to stay tuned for. Lovely. And uh, if people want to follow you on social media and stuff, can they do so? Yeah, yeah. At Callie Beaton Comedian on Insta, Callie Beaton on Twitter. And um, I would say you can see all my gig dates on my website. And you can. Uh, it won't take you very long uh, to see them. Because <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else, my diary is empty. <laughs> um, but your heart is full of your old school 80s music on your on your record player speaking of music uh rich um you're on radio x again yeah radio x friday and saturday nights seven till eleven and twitter and instagram at underscore wolfenden although i'm talking to someone at twitter to maybe lose the underscore on my handle so does that make all the difference um it's a lot easier to say than at underscore wolfenden just at wolfenden will be much better so you know working towards it who are you talking to at twitter because you know i can't find anyone to talk to about my blue tick let alone an underscore <laughs> oh it's it's uh someone through someone at work so it's a lot of doors to be going can through. you get us yeah. all a blue tick now that we've had this conversation uh i can work on it well we'll check back in the, in the next episode and, and and see if it works i, I don't want to brag but um i already got a blue tick so <laughs> <laughs> Man's done it, innit? Nathan Caton Twitter with a blue tick and Nathan.Caton Instagram with a blue tick. Uh, Guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for listening, people. Um, Hope you guys, I hope this put you in a good mood. Um, Till next time, take care, man. Stay safe. Laters. Discover more shows on the Sound Rebel Network. Like a girl and a gay in the gym. Hi, I'm Richie Swan, and this is Harriet Jeffries, also known as the Gym Bird, and we're two of Liverpool's leading personal trainers. This is our podcast, A Girl and a Gay in the Gym. It's a how-to guide of all things dieting and fitness. This isn't your normal boring fitness stuff, though. We're going to tell you how it is. No bullshit. What's dieting? Fuck me, I'm starving. Fuck me, I'm tired. Who the fuck are you looking at? Come over here and what are we? Yeah, that's what dieting is. When I started my own little fat loss journey a couple of years ago, I've lost about four and a half stone now. Think about <laughs> Mama was big. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a group of girls on a Friday night oh, and nice. rather than going out and having a drink they've signed up to this eight week course where it stops them from getting on it well I went where was it I was out the other week I went for a tie and I walked upstairs and they had the old way two hours after PT and they were on the fifth bottle of Prosecco <laughs> still in the gym kit A Girl and a Gay in the Gym from Sound Rebel listen now on your chosen podcast app